Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 11, The Magical Place. Woohoo! So how was your week? Um, It was pretty good. You know, we had some some work drama, Ooh. and I was, I was teaching my dog how to do the Nala stomp. <laughs> <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> Um, and last night I had a, a very nostalgic pizza. Do you remember when we used to always have Alfredo and chicken? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> That's what I got last night. Aw. So how was your weekend? Week. <laughs> uh, it was good. Um, the other night, actually, um, Disney Plus, this is going to come out in a few weeks from now, but as of recording, a couple of nights ago, Disney Plus had like an official Agents of Shield watch party. Yeah. And so I participated in that on our podcast account and I had so much fun. It was <laughs> it was great. I tried not to look at it cuz I didn't want anything to be spoiled. Yeah. I heard it was a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yesterday there is a Starbucks in New Orleans that's joining like the Starbucks unionization efforts that are happening across the country, Ooh. and they had a, a sit-in that they called a sip-in, oh, which cute. was very clever. <laughs> so I drove over an hour in my car that has a broken air conditioner to sit at this Starbucks with a bunch of protesters. And, you know, I mean, it it wasn't like a... We did a few chants, but it was basically just us sitting in the lobby and, and talking. <laughs> so, I mean, it was fun. It was fun, and I met a lot of cool people there. Cool. So, yeah, their, their union vote is supposed to be happening soon, and nice. I feel like it's... The future is bright. <laughs> yes. Everybody support your local unions. Yes. <laughs> Uh, one thing we wanted to bring up is that we got our first email Yay! almost a month ago at this point. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I, I guess I don't check it as much as I thought I did. I, I have a bad memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Lucas, thank you so much for being so thoughtful and detailed. We really, really enjoyed reading what you had to say. Uh, well, Caroline only heard what I read to her to avoid any spoilers, yeah. but... <laughs> but it was very cute. <laughs> yeah, but we were thinking if we get a few more emails, we'd like to add a section to our episodes where we read what our listeners have to say. So send us your thoughts, and we might just read them on the show. Yeah. Um, so this episode was written by Paul Zibichevsky and Brent Fletcher, and it was directed by Kevin Hooks. The Magical Place is the mid-season premiere for season one. Oh, I meant to grab the trailer, and I didn't. Um, oh, well. So after the ratings for the early episodes of the season were not to the liking of ABC, <laughs> Marvel's Dan Buckley went to the network to request that they allow the creatives to create the show that they wanted rather than trying to work with notes from the network because the network wanted the series to appeal to what is apparently their main audience demographic, quote, upscale women. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that's not the show that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends up being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're really getting into it now, and I'm very, very excited. So this is when they kind of started making the show that they wanted to make? Yeah. Cool. I'm excited. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into it. Who do we meet this week? Okay, so we really only meet a couple of people, and they're really just right at the beginning. So we meet someone named Van Schat, um, which sounds, he sounds exactly like every man on the UK version of Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we meet someone named Emily DeVille, which I don't think they ever actually say her name in it, but she showed up on, like, the Amazon Prime cast thing. So, <laughs> and she, uh, you know, maybe she goes by Cruella. We don't know. <laughs> so, let's get into this episode. We open on a silver case is being opened and revealing a cuff, a bracelet, I don't know, but it's made of shatari metal. <laughs> it's as rare as it gets, announces Van Chat as he hands it over to Emily DeVille. Apparently, it's his job to find alien scrap that no one else can. I sure would like that job. That's, <laughs> that sounds like a built-in excuse to not have to do anything. <laughs> Uh, but as she tells him to name his price, something slides across the floor. And it looks like one of those buzzer things that you get from like a Chili's greeter that tells you when your table is ready. <laughs> um, except it's got a shield logo on it, so it's probably a smoke bomb or something. Emily looks at it in disgust and goes, is that a Roomba? <laughs> that line kills me every time. Because she delivers it. Excellent. So, like, she plays it so straight. She's like, is that a Roomba? <laughs> It was perfect. No, it's a flash bomb. <laughs> so there's a flash of light that blinds everyone in the room. So it's a, a light bomb, I guess a flash bomb. <laughs> and Ward and May rush into the room and they start taking people down. May effortlessly and Ward, eh, he's trying. <laughs> they take everyone down except for Van Chat, who escapes. Which, that is funny only to me because <laughs> Le Chat in French means cat. So he's like a cat burglar and he escapes. <laughs> May chases after him, and I'm realizing now that her hair is down and, like, perfectly curled. And in what world would a secret agent show up to a fight without putting their hair up? That's just ridiculous. In TV world, I'm pretty sure all of the, like, women are usually wearing some sort of heel, too. Yeah, stupid. I mean, not like a stiletto. It's not like a skinny heel, yeah, at to least. be fair. It's like a block heel, but still. <laughs> it's still dumb. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> So she chases him down the hall, dodging his gunfire, and she chases him all the way to the stairwell where she lets him go and calms over to Fitzsimmons that he's heading their way. Simmons asks Fitz if he's sure they should do this. They've never done anything like it before, but he says, it's time. They should embrace the change. And oh my god, is this like a super elaborate, super spy <laughs> wedding proposal? Because I'm here for it. <laughs> um, so when Fitz tells Simmons, embrace the change, this was the recurrent tagline for the secret invasion crossover in the comics oh. i know that you like don't really know anything about it and it's kind of difficult to explain <laughs> but what i will say is this is timely considering the rumors that a certain someone from the show is going to show up in the secret invasion series or is it like secret wars i can't remember which one it's one of the ones with the guys that they can change shapes and they they <laughs> pretend to be other okay. people <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 see if this comes to fruition. Okay, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. And then I'll find out. <laughs> 
So Van Shat is still running when his path is blocked by Fitz's drone babies. And they all shine super bright lights at Van Shat, blinding him so he can't shoot at them. Man, S.H.I.E.L.D. is all about blinding people today. <laughs> I love that the big thing that Simmons is hesitant about is shining bright lights in the bad guy's face. <laughs> right? Oh my god. She's like, are you sure? We've never done this before. We've never just blinded someone for half a second. <laughs> I mean, I guess that she means like we've never used our gadgets in combat i guess but even i don't know <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> so van Shep makes it to an elevator just before ward catches up to him and we see the reflection of ward in the elevator door and oh oh no he's hot <laughs> <laughs> i literally never thought it before but then i saw that and i was like god damn it <laughs> he did look, he looked really good in this episode he did <laughs> Okay, (laughs) I guess I get it now. (laughs) So Ward lets Skye know that it's her turn now. Skye has hacked into the elevator and taken control of all the buttons. So instead of going to the floor that Van Shat wants, she sends him all the way up to the roof at full speed. And waiting for him on the roof is a whole squad of armed S.H.I.E.L.D. agents with several helicopters all trained on him. He's caught. A woman comes up through the guns to greet him. Is that Victoria Hand? Why did I say that like that Hannah Montana song? I don't know, but it, it worked. I liked it. Is that Victoria Hand? She wants Van Shat to help S.H.I.E.L.D. find someone. Woo! It's Colson's Rescue Team! Thank God! Hashtag girl boss! Yes! Um, so the dealer, Van Shat, who is captured and interrogated by S.H.I.E.L.D., was mentioned by name in the pilot and in I Spy. So they've been after this guy for a while. I do not remember that happening, but... I will take your word for it. (laughs) I assure you, it happened. Okay. (laughs) Um, So Simmons is patching up Ward, and we see that hand injury that we talked about him getting a few episodes ago. They're discussing how Van Schatz's Shatari medal is the same as the Centipede Shatari medal, so it's a good clue to help them find Coulson. Then Fitz is getting real authoritative with one of the lab assistants, and I like Dom Fitz, okay? (laughs) It was good. (laughs) But it's only because he's so frustrated with how many agents S.H.I.E.L.D. has crammed onto their plane. Ward says there's still more coming, and Simmons sees that Hand is giving yet another briefing, but didn't tell everyone it was happening? I I don't like her already. (laughs) I thought that was odd, too. I'm like, these are, like, the main agents involved? Right, like, y'all are on their plane. Yeah, like, okay. So she's saying it has been 36 hours since Coulson was taken, and there's no progress in finding him yet, even with the interrogation of Van Shat. But Hand assures everyone that no stone will be left unturned until they find and destroy the centipede operation. Uh, and find Coulson, as Fitzsimmons reminds her. I literally hate this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's an alarm, a security breach. Someone is hacking the S.H.I.E.L.D. system. Oops, nope, it's just Sky. Never mind. Sky <laughs> casually hacking S.H.I.E.L.D. just to get attention. For real. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can ask. Yeah. Like you, can, you can come out of your bed and be like, hey, um, I have an idea for a lead. Can, can you disable this? <laughs> right. They're literally in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has to be dramatic. Of course. Uh, so Skye asks yet again for her tech prison bracelet to be removed so she can help find Coulson. She wants to access Van Schatt's financials, and she's sure that she can find Coulson at the end of his money trail. Hand recognizes Skye, sort of. She's like, you're the consultant, the one who shot Agent Sitwell. And that was literally Simmons, but okay. (laughs) 
she wants Sky off the plane immediately. I don't think she can fire somebody else's employees, though. <laughs> Sky begs Han to let her stay. She's like, all this protocol crap doesn't matter to me. I just want to find Coulson. But all Hand cares about is the protocol crap. And Ward actually stands up for Sky. He says that while her methods are unorthodox, Sky is a member of this team and she should be allowed to help. But Hand only cares about one opinion. She asks May if Sky will be of any use to their mission on this plane. And May says no? What the fuck, May? <laughs> so Sky and Ward both slowly turn to May in shock. Hand orders for Sky's restrictions to be increased and all of her tech confiscated and for her to be delivered to debrief. Whatever that means. Ward says that he will deliver her since he's her SO. And I just think it's so cute how he uses that double entendre to be able to call himself her boyfriend. <laughs> it's just, it's so sweet. <laughs> As they all walk away, May has a look on her face like she's trying to protect someone or she's just got something something up her sleeve, but I'm not sure. Something's going on behind those eyes. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but there's something. <laughs> so Sky is venting to Ward that May was way out of line. And Ward says the key phrase, no one knows what's in May's head except May. He reassures Sky that Coulson will make this right when he gets back, but Sky reiterates that she could find him if she was given the chance. Ward lowers his voice. He knows this. He's seen what she can do, even without shield resources. And then Fitzsimmons walks up like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> and they hand Sky a brown paper bag, which is the most suspicious. <laughs> and she's like, uh, y'all made me a sandwich? Yes, it is that. <laughs> Perfect. It gets me every fucking time. <laughs> As it turns out, it's a burner phone that she will be able to use just once before her prison bracelet will shut it down. And she has exactly 12 minutes before the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are coming to debrief her. So they all scatter and Skye is passing like a rando agent who's checking out Lola on her way out. And she's like, don't touch Lola. <laughs> Perfect. Then we cut over to Coulson. He's getting yet another massage, apparently, in Tahiti. Damn, I need a massage. Shame. My body hurts all the <laughs> time. So much. Um, but then he wakes up in a torture chamber with Poe, two goons, and a mannequin? Why is there a mannequin? And why is it, like, dressed like Coulson? <laughs> <laughs> I literally was looking at it. I was like... That, why did they make it look like Coulson? It's so creepy. <laughs> Poe wants to know what memory Coulson is seeing when he passes out. But Coulson lies and says he saw a game-winning catch. It was so clutch. Coulson <laughs> deflecting with baseball talk, which I assume it's baseball talk from context clues. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about when he when he says game winner. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the Wolfpack song, Game Winner. Where it goes, baby, don't you give up on me. Give me the ball. I hit the game winner. <laughs> I've literally never heard that song. I'll, I'll insert that little audio clip. It's good. Okay. Wolfpack is a very good funk band, okay. and I love them. Everyone should listen. Most of their music is like instrumental, like bass and guitar, and it's fun. It's Give fun. Me the ball. I'll hit the game winner. Give me the ball. I'll hit the game winner. Um, so Poe says, Coulson better start talking, or he may not survive the memory-extracting process if he keeps fighting. 
But Coulson says he would rather die than give up anything to them. And it seems like Poe has a penchant for killing anyway, especially since he murdered Mike Peterson in front of his own son. And now I'm sobbing. <laughs> Poe victim blames Mike and turns it right back around on Coulson, saying that Coulson was only upset because Coulson also lost his father at a young age, which <laughs> you dick. Rude. That's a low blow. Yeah. Low bro blow. I also, I, <laughs> I lost my father, not at a young age. I mean, 26 is young, but that's a low blow. Don't, don't bring up the dead dads, okay? We're sensitive about that. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Poe says they know this because the clairvoyant saw it. But Coulson says the clairvoyant is a fraud. If he was really psychic, they wouldn't need to look into Coulson's brain for information. They would already know it. The Poe says the clairvoyant can see everything about Coulson up until his death and then nothing. And that's what they're trying to find out. But Coulson just smiles and Poe says, okay, let's do it the hard way. So Poe walks away and then one of the goons pulls out an electric, like, cattle prod. <laughs> God. Jesus. <sighs> so Skye is trying to use a computer at a coffee shop. But before she can even Google anything, the shield bracelet shuts down every computer in the place so sky storms out i thought it was so funny the very obvious adr voiceover during the coffee shop scene like to make sure the audience get what sky is trying to do i just need an exploit some way in <laughs> is that what, what's adr it's when they like re-record the actor's dialogue in a studio during post-production. Oh, okay, okay. So like sometimes they'll use it to redo like if they messed up a line and the director or whatever didn't catch it during the take. And sometimes like in this case, I I assume, assuming that this is ADR, they use it to add exposition to an unclear or confusing scene. Okay. So I imagine they, they watched this coffee shop scene back and it wasn't obvious enough what Sky was trying to do. So they had to make sure to, 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 to make it obvious to the audience that she is trying to find a way in <laughs> and an exploit. Yes. Thank you, showrunners. We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so then she goes to a magazine rack or something and flips through Wealth and Corporate Magazine and she finds an article about someone named Lloyd Rathman whose offshore accounts have been questioned. That's her target. And at the time, I thought that this whole plan was supposed to be done in 12 minutes, so I was like, I don't know how she's doing all of this in 12 <laughs> minutes. But... <laughs> she's just very fast. She's so fast. <laughs> On her way to Lloyd's, though, she stops to buy a very cute outfit. She uses the shopping bag and a very confident stride to steal Lloyd's car from the valet stand. I love that line... What, what was it? It was like, I don't care if he was on his private jet. He should have at least texted you back. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the lab, Simmons stops a new lab tech from adding too much dendrotoxin, I think, to the night-night gun ammo, reminding him that the goal is to disable the target, not kill them, even if the centipede soldiers aren't really affected by it anymore. And Fitz says he's good with either killing or disabling at this point. These guys are dangerous, and they took Coulson, and Fitz is willing to do whatever it takes to bring Daddy Coulson home. I love that they don't shy away from the, like, the moral gray areas. You know, they really, like... They lean into it. They cover it. It's not black and white. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So Ward interrupts to complain about the interrogators doing a terrible job interrogating Van Chat, and he decides to take over. Go Ward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
taking the reins. Yeah. So back in Lloyd's car, Skye tries to use his GPS, but her bracelet even blocks that computer. How are they going to expect anyone to take her anywhere if even the computer inside whatever vehicle she's in is going to shut down? Like, that didn't seem like they thought it through. (laughs) She sees that the car has an emergency roadside assistance button, so she wrecks the car and the emergency voice immediately calls to check on her. She asks for them to send someone to tow the car back to her house. The centipede goons roughly push Coulson into another room and chain him to a bed. Kinky. (laughs) And they leave him with only a mannequin dressed as a nurse. (laughs) What the fuck is with these mannequins? (laughs) Again, so creepy. (laughs) It's disgusting. (laughs) As soon as they leave, however, Coulson pulls out a set of tweezers that he stole and begins to pick the lock on his handcuffs. Back on the plane, Ward goes to the interrogation room and tricks the interrogator into leaving. Ward tells Van Shat that he's gonna talk. Van Shat's like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> so Ward buckles his seatbelt. <laughs> and Fitzsimmons are watching on a monitor, and they both say Rochambeau at the same time, and then they play rock, paper, scissors. Is that what that's called? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I've just been calling it rock, paper, scissors my whole life. <laughs> I think I only learned that that's, like, what it's actually called, because there's... There's a sunglasses company that makes, like, basically indestructible sunglasses for both kids and adults. So I have them. Like, you can literally run them over with a car, and they're, like, bendy, but they snap, like, they go back into place. And uh, they're called Rochambeau, and so that's how I... That's that's an anecdote that I did not need to add. (laughs) Because you can cover them with a paper, or you can cut them with scissors, or you can hit them with a rock, and they're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought their little rock, paper, scissors game was so cute. It <laughs> was. When Simmons goes, oh, Fitz. <laughs> so Fitz wins, and Simmons flips on the eject button, I guess. And the No, Simmons s- won. What? Simmons won, because she had rock, and Fitz has scissors. But then she hit the button. I thought they were... I thought I thought that they were saying I thought that they were fighting to not have to hit the button. No, I think they were fighting off over who gets to hit the button. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so Simmons wins and <laughs> she flips on the eject button, I guess, and the ceiling above Van Chat starts to open. He's holding onto the table to keep himself in the plane while Ward calmly watches, saying, I've got all day. Van Chat finally agrees to talk. Smart choice. <laughs> So back in the town, one of the centipede goons unlocks Coulson's room, but the mannequin nurse is in the bed where Coulson was supposed to be. Then Coulson kicks out from under the bed and swipes the soldier's leg out from under him, and then he puts him to sleep and escapes. He makes it all the way outside this shack, but the only people he sees are mannequins posed around this dusty little Old West ghost town. (laughs) Creepy as fuck. And Poe is waiting for him outside. He tells him that this is the town that the bomb forgot. It was apparently built in the 1940s for nuclear testing, but when the Cold War, uh, <laughs> the Cold War, that's the best typo ever. <laughs> it really does say Cold War. Oops. <laughs> you had Ward on the brain. I did. I'm a Ward stand in this episode. <laughs> so when the Cold War ended, the town wasn't needed anymore, which is weird. I don't understand why they didn't just, like, let people move in. Um, But apparently, it's because there's nothing but desert for hundreds of miles around. So Poe keeps talking about weirdo shit, and Coulson takes the opportunity to lunge at him, but another soldier catches him, unfortunately. 
So then Skye's tow truck shows up finally and brings her and the car to Lloyd's house. She finds his garage door opener in the car and heads past his second and third cars, one of which has a custom license plate that says dollar bills, y'all. So obnoxious. (laughs) God. The only thing worse than a rich douche is a rich douche with no taste. Yeah. Come on, man. You have a pop art of yourself on the wall and you're not even doing like a cool pose you're doing that stupid little chin stroking thing (laughs) fuck off fuck off get an interior decorator come on deep you deep you deep i meant to say dimwit and then like dweeb but i combined the two that's gonna be our new word you deep you deep So she goes inside and heads over to his desk. She uses one of his golf clubs. We get it. You golf. God, rich people. God. Golfing. So she uses one of his golf clubs to dial on the phone. And now, okay, if her bracelet was able to shut down every computer in that coffee shop, there is no way that a three foot long golf club finger is going to make any (laughs) difference in her being able to use any technology. (laughs) Um, But it works somehow. And she calls Lloyd's office, pretending to be the police, returning his stolen vehicle. And she tells the receptionist that Lloyd needs to get home ASAP. So Lloyd gets home, and Skye is in her cute new outfit, and introduces herself as S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Melinda May. <laughs> and I am dying. <laughs> I love it. I love Skye's May cosplay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the sunglasses and everything. <laughs> So she threatens Lloyd into helping her find dirt on his offshore clients, but he sneakily hits an alarm without her seeing. You little deeb. (laughs) So back on the plane, Hand is doing yet another debrief without everyone present, and apparently Ward is an excellent interrogator, and they got intel on a promising Shatari metal buyer in Sydney, Australia, where they're heading now. She tells everyone that this is their chance to take down Centipede, and Ward reminds her about Coulson yet again. She's like, oh, yeah, of course. Hopefully they're, like, holding him in Sydney or something. And then she dismisses everyone but Ward. She says, first your friend Sky left the plane and never arrived for her debrief. And then Van Shat almost flies out of the interrogation room. Do we have a problem? Like, yeah, duh, you. <laughs> Ward says, no, of course not. I was just trying to help out since your man wasn't doing his fucking job. You're welcome. This was the scene where I was like, oh, damn. Ward's hot. Yeah. <laughs> something something about, like, the muscles around his mouth. Yes. That sounds so, that sounds so weird to but say. But I know exactly but, what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, I was like, god damn. Okay. Okay, Brett Dalton. Okay. <laughs> we get it now. <laughs> oh, my God. When he was replying to people last night. I almost wanted to tweet at him being like, whatever you do, do not listen to our podcast. We are so mean to Ward. But Brett, you can listen to this episode, honey. Yeah, this one. We'll just tell him. If you're going to listen, only episode 11. Hey. <laughs> hey, What's up? I think he's married. That's fine. He, he like, already had a kid when he was on this show. Oh, okay. Well, his wife already knows that he's hot. Hey, 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 Brett Dalton's <laughs> wife, Mrs. Dalton, if you will. Um, congratulations. Really? <laughs> Editing Mariah here. I really thought that I'd be able to go a whole episode without making an appearance, but I just looked it up, and apparently Brett Dalton and his wife got divorced in 2019, but I'm keeping this part in because it's fucking funny. 
So Han says that thanks to his methods, they now have strike teams performing raids all over the world. But she still doesn't understand why everyone is trying so hard to rescue Coulson, who is, quote, only level eight. She doesn't understand why she keeps getting calls from people like Director Fury and Agent Hill asking for constant updates over Coulson. She's like, no single agent is that important. And like, maybe you would be that important too if people liked you, okay? (laughs) And Ward simply says, Coulson is, and walks away. Oh my god! Incredible mic drop. (laughs) I love the amount of manpower they put into saving Coulson and like how many people are calling in to check on the mission. Nick Fury is calling, being like, any updates? Did you find him yet? Like this whole part of the episode is telling us that Coulson is so loved by everyone that they drop everything for him. This is the most charming man on the planet. (laughs) He has won everyone's heart. He is everyone's dad. Everyone. And me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back in the torture machine, Coulson is being shocked by an electric current. It stops and he tells Poe again that S.H.I.E.L.D. will find him before they break him. But Poe isn't so sure. Poe says that the clairvoyance sees an end to the S.H.I.E.L.D. predicament. So Poe starts another round of electricity into Coulson when Reyna interrupts, saying that Coulson doesn't look very good. Poe asks where she's been, and she says she was tending to their other patient. Who else are they torturing for information on Tahiti? What the fuck? So Poe says they could really use her powers of persuasion here with Coulson. And Reyna says, I would never use force to bend a man to my wishes. Consent queen! (laughs) She doesn't need force. I would just coerce them. Obviously. (laughs) Duh. So Poe starts saying that he is only doing what the clairvoyant wants when the clairvoyant himself calls and wants to speak with Reyna. (laughs) Oh my god, Reyna! Get it, girl! So whatever the clairvoyant says, he's obviously signing with Reyna now. She hands the phone back over to Poe, and then the phone kills him! and queen bitch is in charge now so my note for this was oh my god what kind of cell phone is that like it sucked away his life force yes what the fuck and then the uh fun facts very nicely cleared that question up for me so edison poe is killed in the episode with the paralysis technology used by obadiah stain in iron man 2008 uh which i don't remember but I believe you. Yeah, I was going to say, that (laughs) clears up nothing for me, but I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since I watched Iron Man. It's, I gotta be honest, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. Don't kill me. Don't come for me. (laughs) Back in the plane, Ward and May are talking in the cockpit, and Ward is complaining about Hand. May defends her, saying, I'm sure she's utilizing all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s resources to find Coulson. And, like, that bitch doesn't give two shits about Daddy Coulson, okay? Ward's like, uh, not all. Why won't they utilize Sky? He asks why May didn't stick up for Sky. Thank you, Ward. Finally. And, like, I literally, I cannot believe how much I'm hyping up Ward in this episode. Like I told you, he comes around. He comes around eventually. I'm a Ward stan only in this episode. One night only. Yes. <laughs> so then May says that she only told the truth. Sky is no use to us on this plane. Certainly not with all these agents over here, over her shoulder, monitoring her every move. And I knew there was something in that look earlier. <laughs> May wanted Sky to be able to find the answers in a more illegal way because she knows that Sky works best outside the system. And then she tells Ward and me, 
you don't have to assume the worst of me. And Nate, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> I tried to have faith. Please forgive me. <laughs> okay. Okay. But like May. You didn't explain until just now. Very true. And that was a very easy assumption to make. Yes! <laughs> that, that's a very easy... Like, we're not mind readers, May. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we're not the clairvoyant. So then Han comes over the radio saying that they found the centipede helicopter outside the Mojave Desert. May says to hang on to something because we're turning this shit around. <laughs> so Sky is talking Lloyd through hacking into a Swiss bank account. And Lloyd is getting suspicious and asks to see Sky's badge. She gets her phone to show the shield lock screen and shows him that as her badge. She threatens him with everything she knows about him. His divorce, his relationship with his kid, and she tells him to get back to work. This episode is like full of just straight zingers the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> David thinks I'm a cool dad. David thinks you're a jackass. <laughs> but then uh, the actual police or security company employees show up and they tell her freeze. But she uses her training with Ward to disarm one and get him on the ground. And then she points his gun at the other one. Lloyd gets back to work, thoroughly convinced that Sky is, in fact, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Melinda May. I love <laughs> Excellent. it. Excellent. It makes me a little emotional, like, seeing Sky use her little new spy skills. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Our little baby all grown up. She's learning so fast. <laughs> so back in the ghost town, Raina has let Coulson off the torture table and hands him a drink. She says that she's his friend now, but Coulson still doesn't trust her, considering what she just did to her other friend. But Reyna reassures Coulson that Poe was a murderer who was incapable of remorse, which we know that. But Coulson's like, yeah, okay, but what about Mike Peterson or Chan Ho Yin? And Reyna gives the excuse that she gave those men exactly what they asked for. Mike wanted to be a hero to his son, and now he is. I mean, she's not wrong. Oof. <laughs> So Coulson asks if Akila Amador wanted a goddamn bomb in her head. And Reyna fires back that the people Coulson works for are just as capable of justifying their means to an end. But, look, again, she's not wrong. But, but come like... on. <laughs> that doesn't make it okay. So Coulson asks who she works for. She says that the clairvoyant gives them guidance, formulas, for the changing world that S.H.I.E.L.D. brought upon them, apparently. Again, not wrong, but... Oof. They can make their soldiers, control them, and kill them, but they can't bring them back to life, hence why they took Coulson. They want to know how he was brought back, and doesn't he? She tells Coulson that if he would just cooperate in that machine, he could surf the waves of his subconscious to find the truth for himself. And Coulson's like, I've been surfing. That doesn't feel like surfing. <laughs> and she says that's only because he was resisting. If he keeps doing that, he will not survive. But if he gives in, it'll be easy. Coulson says, then his brain is going to cook. Or he holds out until S.H.I.E.L.D. finds him, but he will not give them any classified information about S.H.I.E.L.D. But Reyna tells him she doesn't care about any S.H.I.E.L.D. information, actually. The clairvoyant can see into any government agency already. The only thing that he cannot see is how Coulson is alive, and that's the only thing he cares about. And they know that S.H.I.E.L.D. is keeping that secret from Coulson as well. Reyna is very, very convincing. <laughs> like, if she came up to me giving that speech about getting back into the machine, I would be like, you know what? Yeah, that sounds reasonable, actually. That sounds like a good idea. I should do that. I feel like Raina could convince you of a lot of things. So. She could. She could. She is very persuasive and very pretty. I would yeah. be like, you know what? I um, I'm, I don't actually uh, want to remember, 
But you know, since you asked so nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so back in Lloyd's office, Sky is still walking Lloyd through hacking this bank account for transaction history. But Lloyd can't even figure out how to pull up an account history, so she switches him out for one of the security guys. So they finally find Van Schatz records, and they are led right to Raina's records. So she prints Raina's records and heads out in Lloyd's stupid dollar bills, y'all, sports car. <laughs> so this, I think, is one of the funniest fun facts. It's it's the most fun fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, while rehearsing the scene where uh, Skye has to kick the Lamborghini into gear and she skirts out of the garage, Chloe Bennett apparently kept stalling the car's engine. <laughs> She uh, apparently has been teased for her driving record before, probably by both castmates and fans. <laughs> and apparently, according to this, she even got banned from driving the golf carts Stop. used to move around the studio lot. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Listen, as someone who has wrecked their fair share of golf carts and four-wheelers, I don't know if anyone else calls them four-wheelers that might be a cajun thing atvs yeah we call them four-wheelers we call them four-wheelers okay we call them we call them four-wheelers and yeah. we go mud riding all right <laughs> that's not the point but as someone who has wrecked their fair share of wheeled small car-like things um i relate <laughs> i'm also not great at driving golf carts <laughs> Um, so, so Raina is still trying to convince Coulson that the clairvoyant is really psychic and knows what's in Coulson's head, but Coulson stays firm that he does not believe them and that he trusts that S.H.I.E.L.D. has their reasons for keeping secrets. But then Raina brings up Coulson's late mother and everything that he sacrificed, including his chance at love. <laughs> oh no, the cellist. Raina says that the cellist loved him too. And Coulson has no idea how they can know that about her, so Raina leans into that. As Coulson's defenses are cracking, Raina brings up how the cellist was shattered when S.H.I.E.L.D. told her that Coulson had died. She says that S.H.I.E.L.D. broke her heart because of a lie, and now they're lying to Coulson too. But Coulson doesn't want to accept it, so Raina keeps I'm literally pushing. crying, like, right now. <laughs> I know! It's so sad. But Coulson does not want to accept it, so Raina keeps pushing, and eventually asks... What happened in Tahiti? To which Coulson gives his automatic, almost Pavlovian response, it's a magical place. And it's like he could hear himself say it even though he didn't choose to. And so then he says, I keep saying that. And Raina says, don't you want to know why? Oh my, my god! Uh, uh, <laughs> it's so uh, <laughs> It was so intense. So then Coulson looks at the device one more time and says, turn it on. And what if it cooks him anyway? Like, I'm so worried. Um, so Brent Fletcher, one of the co-writers of this episode, was very excited to pair Coulson and Raina in this episode. He said that she had become a different type of villain for the series, which I totally agree with. I'm not sure I've ever really seen a villain as... Well, that's, that's a lot to say, but Raina is a very like complicated complex villain and she's not she's not straightforward like she has a lot of plausible deniability right like she she doesn't actually ever do anything to anyone she doesn't actually kill anyone she doesn't 
ever actually hurt anyone. She just convinces them to do bad things. Yeah, she is. She's very compelling. God, I love her. Honestly, I'm sorry. (laughs) She is my favorite, favorite villain. God, she's so good. Okay. So back in the lab, Fitzsimmons are explaining to May and Ward their new device to incapacitate the centipede soldiers. It's a device to inject a refined night-night gun serum straight into their centipede arm things. And Ward says, getting that on them will be like riding a bull for eight seconds. And Fitz is like, yeah, exactly. It's that simple. <laughs> that was my only note. Like, half of my notes were just funny quotes from this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Simmons' phone rings, and it's Skye. Simmons tries to lie. She's like, oh, hello, Dr. Nugent. (laughs) But Skye's like, don't lie. You're going to make it worse. (laughs) And she tells Simmons to use their safe word. And Simmons accidentally uses it immediately and in front of everyone. (laughs) So May tells the extraneous agents to leave the room, and she takes over the phone. Sky doesn't want to talk to her at first, but May makes it clear that she's on her side. Elizabeth Hinstridge is so, so funny. Yes. I really, 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 really need Elizabeth Hinstridge and Ian DeCastaker to become, like, super, super famous and well-respected actors. Yes. Like, I, they're well-respected to me and probably to, like, anyone who has watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like... God, they're so good. They can do both comedy and drama very, very well. Yeah. All that to say, Elizabeth Hinstrich is hilarious in this scene. Her line delivery is flawless. I I love her (laughs) so much. And I love that their safe word is manscaping. (laughs) (laughs) Manscaping. Oh, I should not have said that. Okay, but, like, that's a terrible safe word. Yeah. When are you ever going to use that? When are you ever going to bring up manscaping in casual conversation? (laughs) Anyway, so Han doesn't understand why May and her team want to go out to the middle of the desert based on a, quote, hunch from Sky. But Quart... Quart! Quart! Damn it! Quart. Hi, Lena. (laughs) Hey! Hi! (laughs) I wasn't even thinking of that, honestly. Good job. A plus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Hi, Lena. Um, Hi, Ian. Love you. (laughs) But Ward stresses that this is not just a hunch. Fitzsimmons explained the money trail that Skye found, leading them to a small development less than 100 miles from where they are now. Ward puts his foot down, and he's like, look, we are going to find Coulson. Send backup if you want. He's like, we don't really give a shit. And then they walk out. I, I wasn't sure how I felt about Ward stepping up as the de facto leader yeah, in Coulson's too. absence. I was like, I feel like that should be May. Right. But I guess that at this point in the series, May isn't quite ready for that yet. She's yeah. still very new to being back in the combat right. game. They probably um, would have let her lead if she wanted it, but she didn't want to. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of, like, Ward stepping up and being like, well, I'm the man, and I'm taller than Fitz, yeah. so now I'm in charge. <laughs> I, I felt the same way. I wasn't sure if I wanted to put that in there, but I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> I also, okay, bringing it back to when um, 
like that whole thing between May and Sky when May like kind of doesn't fight Sky being sent away. I there's no indication yeah. of this from the character, but I I like to make up a person and get mad at them. Um, I don't like the idea that Ward would think that May and Sky are fighting over him. Because I feel like that's what he would think. And again, there is no indication of that in the text. Nope. But I am headcanoning that that's what he thought, and now I'm mad at him. <laughs> you fucking egotistical prick. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it happening in his brain. Um, I <laughs> did not see it. Because <laughs> it wasn't there. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> and I love finding things to be mad at Ward about, even though I'm a Ward stan in this episode. When he doesn't give you a reason in the episode to get mad at him, we headcanon a reason to get mad yes. at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fun. <laughs> He's just so hateable. He is. Um, so, back in the ghost town, just before Raina turns the machine back on, Coulson asks how she knows it'll work. And Raina says, because it worked on her. <laughs> okay. I want to know more about that because I can't remember if they cover that. I'm sure they do, but I have a terrible I memory. I sure hope they do because I am fascinated. So then Raina starts the machine and Coulson remembers his first memory after he died. He's on the beach in Tahiti getting a massage. And then he realizes that the waiter that he remembered was a false memory, and it was actually Dr. Stryton. The return of Dr. Stryton, Ron Glass, who we didn't remember in the pilot episode. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas, for the email pointing that out to us, because we're dumb. Yes. We didn't even look it up. We're such great podcasters. Excellent. We're so good. We're, we're so good we at go, this. Y'all. Listen, like, editing and taking notes, it takes up so much of our time. That, like, I want to research stuff. Like, I want to be very knowledgeable on this podcast. But honestly, sometimes I just don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> so then Sky pulls up to the ghost town alone and is justifiably creeped out by all the mannequins. And then all of a sudden, a voice startles her saying, you shouldn't be here. And a centipede soldier starts chasing her. And he's like, there's nowhere to run. As May pulls up in, you guessed it. The getaway car. <laughs> and runs him over. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> like, literally, shout out to the editors. Yes. Because that was perfect comedic timing. It was excellent. Um, so Raina hears the commotion outside and sends her other shoulder her other soldier to check. Shoulder. <laughs> her other shoulder. She just like, boop. <laughs> she sends her other soldier to check it out. Coulson is finding out that more of his memory was false, but he still won't tell Reyna. He tells her that he doesn't see anything, only darkness. And outside, the team assembles together. The, the shot where the team is, like, all lined up and perfectly in frame is so good. Amazing. A plus. It's excellent. I love it. I would, honestly, I would screen cap that and make it, like, our Twitter header, but Coulson's not in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I might do it anyway. Maybe. Just for a little bit. So Ward goes after the other centipede soldier that Raina sent out and slaps him like Will Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> Listen, hot take? Chris Rock deserved it. Absolutely. Okay, continue. 100%. <laughs> the rest of the team is checking out every shack in this little town for signs of Coulson. 
May takes down two more centipede soldiers in about half a second without breaking a sweat while Ward is still working on that first one. <laughs> Literally, why is he in charge? <laughs> Ward finally finishes his fight by literally not following Fitzsimmons' instructions at all. He takes the serum out of the bracelet thing and then forces it down the guy's throat. Like, how is that easier than putting it on his wrist? (laughs) Um, Coulson is remembering everything now. What he thought was a masseuse saying, can you feel that, was actually a shield doctor performing some kind of medical procedure that she says Director Fury ordered. When he thought that he himself was saying, don't stop, he was actually saying, don't stop. And what he thought was a cabana waiter saying, oh, listen to him, was actually Dr. Stratton saying, listen to him. He is saying, stop. This is wrong. Coulson was begging for death while S.H.I.E.L.D. was having some kind of spidery device do some kind of procedure on his literal brain. Like his head was cut open. It was a lot. This was the part that I was waiting to blow your mind. Because I I know that it blew my mind. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure that I've mentioned this before, maybe in like our introduction episode. But the whole sort of thing, I, I don't know if it was a marketing tactic from Marvel itself or if it was started by the fans. From my perspective, it seemed like it was started by the fans. Uh but after the Avengers came out, you know, Coulson had been in quite a few Marvel movies at that point, And, you know, the fan base really, like, attached to him, obviously, because he's so fucking charming. Yeah. And so after Avengers came out and he died, uh, fans <laughs> revolted, yeah. you know? Uh, we, s- <laughs> we started using hashtag Coulson lives. And so it was very, very exciting when the show was announced and that he was back. And then this is the point in the season where it starts to get like, yeah, Coulson lives, but at what cost? Yeah. And so this this was the episode that like blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I take it back. I take it back. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, what I felt like at least, I was like, oh my God, we did this to him. <laughs> this is all our fault. This is all our fault. Hashtag Coulson lives. Oof. Yeah. So this scene in which Coulson remembers his brain being reconstructed was one of the early conceptualizations for the series from the showrunners, Jed Whedon, Marissa Tancherowid, and Jeffrey Bell, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense to me because yeah. I feel like the, the whole show in itself kind of started on that platform of hashtag Coulson lives. So it would make sense that they would start to think of some fucked up ways that they could bring him back. Yeah. Um, when Coulson is being operated on, Clark Gregg wore a green screen cap to allow the visual effects of his exposed brain to be added. <laughs> um, visual effects supervisor Mark Kolpak, King, we love yeah. him, uh, also digitally extended the operating room set and added the robot arm performing the surgery. I love that concept that they... Like they can they they build a set and it's like whatever size that it is, but they want it to look bigger so they can just make it bigger yeah. in the computer. Amazing. <laughs> Great job, Mark. Good job. We love you. 
Kopak's vision for the robot arm was a mix between Edward Scissorhands and a Black Widow spider with, quote, needles moving at a high rate of speed. And then small bolts of electricity were also added each time the arm touched Coulson's brain to represent, like, neurological activity. So Sky hears Coulson screaming and makes a beeline. Raina tells him to stop fighting, but Coulson starts begging her to let him die, too. Then Sky bursts in the door and punches Raina's lights out. Fuck yes! <laughs> Thank you, Sky. <laughs> so good. And Sky tries to turn off the machine while Coulson is still sobbing and begging for death. May pulls the plug out of the wall, and Coulson finally starts coming back to reality when he recognizes Sky, and uh, everything is okay. I debated saying this, and I don't know if I'm going to keep it in. Not to get too personal and emotional, but the way that he kept saying Sky, oh no, I'm going to cry. Um, it really reminded me of my dad towards the end. Yeah. And so that contributed to the boohoo ugly crying. <laughs> I'm sure. I was, yeah, watching that, I was, I was thinking of you during it. Now I'm, I'm crying. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. It's been about a year since we got his diagnosis. Oh, yeah. I, it, I can't believe how fast it happened. Three months. Oh. <sighs> okay. You ready? Sorry, moving on. Yeah. Okay. So back on the plane, our team is waiting in the lab together. And May tells Skye, nice jacket. And she's like, thanks, girly. <laughs> <laughs> they all watch through the window as Raina is arrested. Simmons says the iconic, bet there aren't any flower dresses where she's going. And Fitz is like, amen to that, sister. I love it. They're <laughs> such fucking nerds. I love them. Raina looks up as Coulson emerges at the top of the stairs. And they stare at each other for a moment. And Coulson looks at her with disdain. Hand lets the shield guards take Raina away as Coulson descends the stairs to her. She tells him that Director Fury is very relieved. Yeah, I fucking bet. <laughs> He's like, I put a lot of time and work into bringing him back. Y'all better not yeah. fucking lose him. Fuck Fury. <laughs> so Coulson asks if they are going after the clairvoyant next, since Raina knew such personal things about him. Hand assures him that they are taking Raina straight to HQ for questioning. And I don't trust that they're going to get anything out of her, considering how little Hand's men were doing to uh, get anything out of Finchat. Like, <laughs> I don't trust them in the slightest. Coulson thanks her and shakes her hand. Her hand, you get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> And she says, I'm glad you're back. This bus isn't my style. So Hand leaves, and finally, it's just Coulson and his team slash his family. Hmm. They all gather around him, and he says, I just want to thank you. Now get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> they all reach out to him and then head out, and Sky sticks around. He thanks her personally and says it's time to remove her bracelet. And apparently all it takes to take it off is to say disengage bracelet. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Skye asks if Centipede learned anything and Coulson says nah. Then she asks if Coulson learned anything and he lies and says no. Skye says she heard what he was saying, but he assures her that none of what he was seeing was real. That Raina was just messing with his head. Later... Coulson surprises Dr. Strayton in his car and confronts him. 
Strayton says he was afraid that this day would come, not because of what Coulson would do, but because of what Strayton has done. Strayton confesses, after New York, Coulson was actually dead for days. Fury had scientists working around the clock using highly illegal and unethical procedures. Fury brought Strayton in on the seventh operation. They were keeping Coulson conscious during the surgery to monitor his brain function, but it caused him extreme pain. The neurological trauma he endured was ungodly, and they should have just let him die. When Coulson asks what they were doing to his brain, Strayton says they were trying to restore him to the man he'd once been instead of what he had become. And when Coulson asks what he'd become, Strayton just said, you'd lost your will to live. We were trying to restore it. And, like, so did half the people that I've ever been close with in my life. Like, I feel like they could have just given him some therapy and some antidepressants. Like, we don't need a fully conscious brain surgery for that. (laughs) This is like a lobotomy cranked up to 15. (laughs) Anyway, so Strayton apologizes and Coulson is already out the door. So now it's time for the post-content content. (laughs) Mike's alive! Ah! Mike Peterson wakes up in a gray bed in a gray room wearing gray clothes. He wakes up and he sees the burns and scales on his arms, and he removes his blanket to see that he's missing one leg from the knee down. As he looks around the room, he catches his reflection in the mirror, and then it happens. A message comes across his vision, telling him to wait for further instruction. (laughs) No! He's got the centipede eye! Oh! My note for this was, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, Mike! I forgot they get into this storyline this early. (laughs) Oh my god. Really, at this point in the season, it just goes and goes and goes. I feel so overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what are your overall thoughts? So, okay, I, I still don't understand why they did that to Coulson. Like, as Agent Hand says, they let agents die all the time. But they loved him so much that they didn't want to let him die. But then once he's alive again, they don't want him to be too depressed. Like, is that supposed to be the whole reason? Because if so, that's a stupid reason. <laughs> and I'm asking, is that the reason? Um, I honestly don't remember. I think it, I mean, it gets explained, sort of, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not sure if the specific questions that you're asking get explained, but it does to an extent get explained. Okay. I'll withhold judgment then because <laughs> I'm really <laughs> I'm I <laughs> you wanted me to like be so mind blown over this episode, but I just feel so confused. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. hopefully okay. hopefully it gets explained later. <laughs> All right. Well, there will be other mind blowing episodes this season. Okay, okay. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't really have any extra notes. I was just very excited for this episode because we're we're really getting into it now. I'm I'm yeah ah <laughs> <laughs> from from here on out it's like constant action. Okay, it's like full plot, full steam ahead. Awesome, <laughs> I can't wait. All right, well that concludes our episode on season one, episode eleven, the magical place. Woo! If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod. You can also go to anchor.fm slash agents of nothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts. You can also donate to us on Anchor if you want to. No pressure, but we would like that very much. Yes, please. <laughs> 
you can also email us at agentsofnothingpodcast at gmail.com. And once we have enough, we might just read it on the show. Yes. We might make a little, like, bonus episode. That'd be so cool. That would be fun. Um, you can find me, Mariah, on Twitter at fullswampwitch underscore, on TikTok at submarinewarfare, and on Instagram at submarinewarfare. And you can find me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, or on TikTok at CrazyGinger995. Next week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 12, Seeds, so stay tuned for that. Okay, bye! Bye, love you!